plans for my crazy day. My packed commute. All those unread emails in my inbox. But I'm getting stronger, faster, and pushing myself further every day. I don't care if I'm not like everyone else. This punching bag is the best way to end my day. <laughs> Fearless is knowing yoga isn't your style. That's the power of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Federal Employee Program. Learn more about our healthy benefits at fepblue.org slash get more. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I pray for uh, for all of us back in Houston and uh, hope everybody stays safe and hopefully the uh, it starts to blow the other way. You know, I mean, it's uh, it's a tough deal when, when you have hurricane season during this time of the year. And, you know, let's see what happens. But certainly, you know, if something, something uh, does happen to that effect, we'll have to address it with our players and make sure that, you know, family comes first. You know, it's not... It's never football over family. The story in Houston is Hurricane Harvey, and of course that was Bill O'Brien addressing things after Thursday's scrimmage with the Saints in New Orleans. I hope all of you are safe this weekend and stay safe. I'm your host, Robert Land, and welcome to Locked On Texans, your daily home for Texans news, views, and interviews. We hope we can bring you a little bit of a distraction from Harvey in this show. And as a native Houstonian, these Hurricanes... Don't get me too nervous as long as I don't turn on the craziness of local news. Hey, let me bring in my co-host, Brian Patterson. And I don't know about you, Brian, but I made the mistake of running into Walmart today, and it was a madhouse. Oh, wow. Yeah, you, you've actually gone into Walmart getting your supplies. I mean, but you're doing the right thing, you know, preparing for this uh, particular storm. Uh, me, lived he- living here all my life, I know the drill. I know what to expect now this storm seems to be a little different so i'm gonna make sure i prepare bring my game extra to to prepare but you know with the water and all of that i i drink a lot of water so i have about three cases already so i think i'll have enough to survive (laughs) if if our tap water doesn't uh if the you know the place where it's refined is uh not working we'll be fine there but um, just my, my heart goes out to everybody who's preparing and what's on their mind as far as what to expect uh, from the storm. All you can do is just prepare and uh, just, you know, pretty much you know, hope that everything turns out that, that the storm is not it, what it's going to be. And this has happened many times where the media has blown up this particular, you know, a storm that would come through and it didn't be it wasn't what is expected. But this forecast is a lot different. And we're going to be on the other side of this, the, the dirty side, as they say, with these hurricanes that come in. So let's just hope it's as minimal as possible. But it's definitely going to be hard getting around the Houston area for the next couple of days. So uh, we're in it right here with you guys, especially if you live in the Houston area. And if you're listening abroad, uh, this is something that we're used to with hurricanes. So um, we're, we're going to be right here and we're going to do our utmost to to give you the coverage that you deserve. Yeah, that's that's Texans coverage. I, I don't know if we can help you much on wh- which way the hurricane is going in the next couple of days, but we are going to talk about <laughs> the, the Texans and it's it's so weird because they're playing the Saints and New Orleans and Houston have this uh, hurricane history between the two of them, uh, obviously with what happened back in 2005. And these cities are kind of now interconnected because of that as much as anything with what happened with Katrina. Uh, let, let's get to the New Orleans uh, practice on Thursday. And the, the, the interesting thing, Jadavian Clowney back practicing, but Brian, Drew Brees, 
handing out compliments left and right. Let me let me give you a couple of those compliments because uh, you know you just don't get a lot of compliments coming out from uh, too many guys on other teams. And but he was throwing them out pretty easily. He said on Watt, Clowney, and the Texans' whole line bracking group, that's as good a front seven as there is in football. Quote unquote. He also said Deshaun Watson is as talented as they come. And on Tom Savage, he says, listen, I have a lot of respect for him, especially the way he approached last season and the job he did when he came in. It certainly seems like the team has a lot of confidence in him and listening to how they talk about him and how the coach talks about him. So just good stuff from Breeze on on those guys. And, you know, I mean, you're not going to say anything the other way, but I thought that was nice. It was, and um, he wasn't uh, over complimentary, but uh, he he hit the nail on the head, you know, just saying the right things in, in terms of uh, beefing our guys up. And he is very right. I mean, as far as our defense, it's going to be number one again. And that's a hell of a front seven that I, I would put up with anybody in this league. Uh, we're going to be fierce this season, and there's there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. And as far as Tom Savage goes, uh, Drew Brees, you know, gave him a lot of compliments there, and he it's good that he was following him, just how he progressed through his career. I mean, although you know Drew Brees had a lot more of an exponential path to the top, um, he had his struggles too, trying to find an offense that worked for him. He struggled with the Chargers, um, but he eventually got you know in with the Saints, got a Super Bowl, and he will forever be one of New Orleans' sons, uh, bringing that city a Super Bowl when they most badly needed it, especially you know after the events of uh, Hurricane Katrina. So um, Drew Brees is just one of my favorite players of all time. Um, I certainly wish he could have been our quarterback. But his fit is right over there. So I have nothing bad to say about Drew Brees. And it's amazing how he's still able to produce at his age. I think he's 38 now. or I know he's getting close to 40, but he's still producing at a high level. But just like Tom Brady, he has a very strict diet as well. I remember reading a Sports Illustrated article a couple of years ago, and I'm pretty sure he still sticks with that. So that way his longevity continues. Yeah, you just kind of spun that in there really quietly where you said, oh, the Texans defense is going to be number one again. I, I, I want to wait and find out if these guys can stay healthy because Clowney with the history of health issues, J.J. Watt coming off the back injury, and you just want to see what they can do uh, if they're healthy. I think they will be. I think you're right. They have a great opportunity to be number one. Still some concerns about the secondary because I don't know if you can afford those injuries with J.J. and Kareem that you – got away with last year because you had A.J. Boye around. So I don't know. We'll see if we're, if you're right about that one. <laughs> would you would you put us in the top five at the very worst, top five for the entire season? Oh, yeah. No, that's fair. Top five is <laughs> top five is absolutely fair. Uh, yeah, this this defense, uh, there's there's the question marks. But, you know, they have so many guys that can make up for the question marks and and that's what you're going to kind of depend on at this point. But, you know, they do have veterans now, guys like Cushing and J. Joe and Cream, you know, players that you feel like could could miss sometimes. But they also have guys coming into their prime that should be young and stay healthy, knock on wood, like Bernardrick McKinney and DJ Reader, uh, Andre Hal. Uh, I just oh, yeah. was really impressed with uh, Andre's Hal, Andre Hal's interception. We talked about it in the postgame show after the Patriots, but – uh, even though it wasn't called an interception, I, I just thought that's 
that's a little bit more than we've saw of him in the past. The way he was able to uh, cover and, and also the way he played the ball. He's always played the ball very well, but just his ability to to read Tom Brady and, and doing that against anybody else is one thing, but doing that against Brady to me, that was really impressive. And maybe he takes another step in, in his progress, which is would be considerable considering this guy was a seventh round cornerback when they drafted him. I have great uh, aspirations for Andre Howe that he could break out this year. Um, and like you said, it was Tom Brady is the ultimate test. If you can pick him off, then then you pretty much have I've have done a pretty darn good job out there covering. Um, you know, I, I was out up on my feet whenever he got that interception, and unfortunately, it was called off. You know, like you said, but hey, um, you know, it's just these moments, just these particular. Uh, bookmarks that we see that shows that this is leading to something uh, that's going to be pretty awesome for this season. At the very least, if if he is not great, uh, he will be improved from 2016, which is definitely something that we need out there at the safety position. Well, let's preview this Saints game coming up Saturday night. We continue with our tradition of giving you three things that we're putting under the proverbial microscope. What's your first one, Brian? It's a tradition we take pride in, so we're glad to give it to you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> my first thing is, uh, just as we were talking about, we already know what Andre Howell and Corey Moore can do. They're going to be our starters. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. But let's talk about the guys that are going to be backing them up. K.J. Dillon, Curtis Drummond, Eddie Pleasant, Marcus Gilchrist. I haven't seen much out of them yet, so we need to see out of these guys, what are they going to do to, to jump off the map? What are they going to do as far as make a play? Whether, um, you know, can, can they show their versi- versatility as far as uh, with their play, you know, out on the field? We, we just need to see these four guys make plays because we're going to count on them. And that is going to be one of our weakest points of this team this season. They didn't really address safety, you know, with the loss of Quentin Dems. Uh, Rick didn't address this, and so we're hoping that these guys pan out. And I hate to hope because hope can get you into to some places where you don't want to be. And I don't want to be there this season. So let's let's hope that these guys do well. And I, I I'm just you know, I, I'm definitely confident that that something's going to happen. Well, we don't cross-check these before we, we t- talk about them with you guys, the, the listeners, but uh, that was my n- number three. I'm going to just skip to it. I'll tell you what I had written down, Brian, because it's pretty similar. And, and I'm, I, I meant just I, – I, my thing was not just the safeties, but just, uh, the starters, uh, everybody besides the starters. I said, well, anybody besides the starters step up and show me something in the secondary. Uh, lots of confidence in Kareem, J. Joe, Andre, Hal, like we talked about, and Corey Moore. But yes, I'm I'm a more more than a slight panic over everybody behind them, from Robert Nelson and Curtis Drummond to Eddie Pleasant and Tristan Deku. I need some consistency from somebody else. Where are the veteran guys named Marcus, uh, Marcus Gilchrist, and Roberson? These are the this is the area I, I can see where. You know, Rick Smith has been known to make late additions, and I can see this is an area where he might want to make a late addition in this secondary. He's been known to pick up a Jamal Roll or Robert Nelson at about this point, uh, or a li- even a little bit later, even within the first game or two of the season, and that's when he might do that. So I think you and I 
uh, same ideas ba- basically with that one, but you know, it, it's, it's a thing that's just stuck out like a sore thumb in these first couple of games. That's fair, Rob. And, and you, you never know with, with what he would do as far as, uh, replacing or adding, because we got to get this 53 together first, and then he's going to see how uh, to shape the rest of this roster and whether, what moves we need to make to, to make it happen. Um, but, yeah, it, it it is an alarming issue. It's glaring at us, and it, it has to be addressed unless he is confident that this group is going to be able to cut the mustard. I have my reservations, uh, and I will continue to have my reservations until I see something, somebody make plays other than Corey Moore and Andre Howe. Yeah, I will say, just to wrap it up real briefly, that I, I have to give this defensive staff, the coaching staff, credit because – I'm more confident in them than I have been in any of the defensive staffs as far as coaching up the secondary and really bringing it together. They've done as good a job as, well, not even as good, better than anybody else that the Texans have had in their first 15, 16 years of existence. What's number two on your list of things that you're looking out for? Oh, I've got number two, and it's a hell of a one. You thought Cyrus Jones was going to be some trouble? How about Alvin Kamara? He had a 50-yard uh, return for a touch – well, not a return, but it was a reception um, on the ground for a 50-yard touchdown. This was very early in the game last week against the Chargers. And this guy has lightning speed. He was a third-round pick this season out of Tennessee. Um, he is very productive. I mean, he scored through his career off of just 284 touches, 23 touchdowns uh, for the volunteers. You don't have to tell Aggie fans about this guy either because he (laughs) lit them up. Remember that game? Yes, I did. Yes, I did. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And he, he is, he is something else. He's going to be something in this league and we're already seeing flashes of that in that game last week. He had 83 all purpose yards, including the 50 that he picked up and that one touchdown, which was by the way, the first touchdown of his NFL career in the preseason. But it's, it's something to uh, be celebrated. You know, we, we, we are concerned. He may still have issues with ball security. Um, you know, he, he does have a tendency to, to let go of the ball, but I think that's all young um, guys coming out that were running backs back in college. Um, He has abilities as a punt returner, so we're going to see him return, you know, punts, and hopefully, uh, you know, we're able to stop him. But special teams has got to step up. They have to continue to make plays, and this is a guy that you're going to want to watch whenever uh, punts are returned and also on the ground because he is their leading rusher for the preseason, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I'm going to continue to beat a dead horse because my second one that I want to talk about is since we've seen a lot of the offensive line to this point, but we haven't seen that first unit play uh, as many snaps as they're going to play this week. I'm anxious to see who gets the majority of snaps on the offensive line. Like I said, we're going to repeat some stuff here, but it's getting really important here as we get towards the end of training camp on some of these positions like safety, like the offensive line, the middle three guys, that's easy. Suofilo, Jeff Allen, and Nick Martin. But I'd like to see the tackles. Who starts and how they look. G- Giacomini looks like the prohibitive favorite to win one of those spots from what I've seen so far. They look good uh, with Giacomini out there. It just seems like he completed that, even without Dwayne Brown. Uh, I-, I definitely see Giacomini making the uh, th- that offensive line because uh, he just knows. He looks like he knows what he's doing out there. The question is, is Kendall Lamb or Chris Clark going to take control of that other spot? And if Dwayne Brown 
takes away one of these musical chairs, uh, you might want to see who is the main guy of the tackles that are left. Which one of these three gets that right tackle spot if Dwayne can come back and, you know, knock on wood. We hope that's going to happen. But, yeah, it's going to be interesting to watch to see how long these guys play, who starts where and in which spots. That, to me, is is definitely high on my priority of list of things that I'm, I'm really keeping an eye on. And we'll get the longest look on the offensive line, and I need longer looks with the offensive line just because, you know, it's 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 much tougher to tell, see things with the offensive line than other units, and you want to see them together uh, it's the chemistry is so important with them as well. Yes, yes, I, I, I totally agree. And it, that's one unit that, that certainly has to get it together, you know, as far as when the season starts. But I'm not as worried about the offensive line as I am about that secondary, as we talked about earlier. Um, they they showed that they the, the Patriots are a formidable defense. I mean, they're not the best defense, but – they just have a lot of blue-collar guys on there that can get the job done, and we performed wonderfully against them. I mean, you you would see the pocket flush just a little bit, but not too often. You know, they really kept it, you know, pretty steady. You know, they didn't let uh, that pocket fail, and, um, you know, Tom Savage was able to get the time he needed to make his reads and to make the right pass, and Deshaun Watson as well, but... As we know with Deshaun Watson, it's what you do with the ball when it comes into your hands. When you make that decision, that's the biggest thing for him whenever he gets ready to uh, go under center, whenever this becomes his job. And that's going to be coming soon, but it's it's not going to be this year. What's the last thing on your Christmas list, Brian? Um, we need to keep a guy, keep an eye on Craig Robertson. He's their middle linebacker. He's an undrafted free agent uh, from 2011. Has really come on strong. He had four solo tackles against the Chargers last week. Five defensive stops, one sack, one quarterback hit. He is is certainly uh, Mayfair's guy to deal with. I imagine he's going to be getting a lot of time. Uh, because, you know, he's still jockeying for position for that starting spot. Expect to see a lot of Craig Robertson out there, and it'll be interesting to see how they deal uh, with him uh, in terms of uh, being able to limit um, his ability to get to the quarterback. So that's all on the offensive line. I would presume that's going to be against Deshaun Watson. I expect him to get a lot of playing time. I'm going to go on to the middle linebacker on the other side, and I want to find out, can Zach Cunningham recover from that horrible performance against the Patriots. The Texans badly need Cunningham to step up and make a difference on third downs and definite passing situations. That's why they drafted him. You know, he's a young guy, but, you know, Breeze, he's just as likely to embarrass a rookie mismatch as Brady was. So for Zach Cunningham, this is big. C.O. Moore, we haven't seen a a bunch of. I, I don't know if he's even in the plans at this point. Uh, that's another question maybe for th- for next week that we might have on the show. But if to me, if Zach Cunningham can't get it done on passing downs, then you know I don't know where the Texans turn to because we know Bernardrick McKinney and Brian Cushing can't handle it. Dylan Cole, you know he's had a fantastic camp, but he's just he's not ready for that either. And you know it, it, we we still need to figure out if he's a definite to make the team. But if he does, it's it's going to be more on his special teams ability. So Zach Cunningham, it, it's got to be a comeback week for him. Exactly. It's it's a crapshoot if he is going to be coming back. But the Saints, 
you know, their defense has been among the worst uh, for, for quite some time, even back when, uh, you know, Rob Ryan's or <laughs> Rex Ryan's brother, Rob Ryan, was uh, running the show. Uh, they they just kept getting uh, more horrible by the minute. But uh, Dennis Allen, I think, is the guy running the show over there now. So uh, we hope to see some improvement. I think they did get a little bit better last year. But um, Zach Cunningham should be able to improve um, off of this uh particular uh, offense that they have, especially with Chase Daniel and uh, Garrett Grayson. They're both kind of maddening each other, I guess, for who's going to get the second spot. Uh, they weren't able to turn out a lot of offense against the Chargers. They only had 108 passing yards. So that's going to be all on uh, Cunningham, if he can uh, you know, pass block and also run block as well. Um, his his main problem is run blocking. He he can't seem to to stop those smaller, speedier uh, backs uh, as they come through. So you mean we'll you mean run? Yeah, you, you're that. saying I'm sorry. You mean run defense is what you're what you're talking about? Pass pass defense and run defense, that sort of thing, right? Right, right. That's correct. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah, it's it's uh, that's something that I'm not worried about w- w- with him. I think that's going to take some time. I think he needs to put some weight on and and muscle on, and and that's that's a process. But you know. For the Texans, Cushing, McKinney, they can handle that. I think they'll be okay there. Uh, Dylan Cole might be able to handle that type of thing, but uh, I just don't know if Cunningham is going to be the answer this year that they w- w- would maybe hope we're hoping for uh, with uh, getting him second round of the dra- in the second round of the draft. So I-, I think the thing about this game, Brian, is you know we, we really get a chance to see. The starters go more of an extended time, so we'll get a chance to see what they can do, and maybe we get a better idea of rotations and where, you know, where exactly Bill O'Brien sees some guys fitting in at places. And and I tell you the the one thing that I'm really hoping for more than anything before we close things out is I gotta say I, I hope everybody gets a chance to see this. I hope everybody out there, you know, keeps their electricity because that's that's about that's the time that the hurricane is going to be rolling through is uh it's supposed to be rolling through on friday afternoon and and if you're out electricity it's usually that first day or two uh, so i hope everybody gets to keep that and 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 hopefully we can we can bring you the post game show where that plan is to, ha- to have a post game show for you on up on it might be late saturday night if not it'll be early on sunday morning yeah that's that's the plan just depends on how these utilities are going to act whenever this storm uh comes through and, you know, it's just been a mixed bag, Rob. You've lived here all your life, too. And it's it's just you know, with, the, with the forecast and whatnot, it, you know, they can scare us. It turns out to be nothing and everything's normal. And then you have Hurricane Ike where you don't have power for two weeks. I went through all that. And it was in the middle of September. It was a very hot September. Um, so I don't know how I made it, but I did. Yeah, I listened to a lot of radio. I was, I, you know, I had listened to radio already, but that was a daily diet as far as getting my information, you know, with sports radio as well as uh, news radio too. Yeah. I was stuck with a family member up in Northwest Houston, not, not stuck with them, but just kind of bunkered in with them, I guess more, more or less, but yeah, I'm, I'm right in the middle of everything. I'm, I'm pretty darn close to downtown. So we'll see how it goes in, in my part of the city. You're, you're closer to the little bit closer to the coast than I am. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm just right off the ba- uh, Galveston Bay here. So, you know, we I, I might have to evacuate, but I'm a little further inland where it, it, it may be an option where I can stay. But, of course, I'm going to be looking at the news. I might have to move. But believe me, um, if, if there's a way I can record, you know, that way you guys get the information you need. I'm going to be there for you guys or as soon as possible when things get back up, we'll be able to uh, start this or continue the dialogue that we have been giving you guys. HouseofHouston.com, we know that the Astros are starting to get some guys back. Uh, Some guys are starting to do some rehab assignments that they need to get back, like Carlos Correa and Lance McCullers and maybe Will Harris soon. So uh, I assume that's that's the big part of the conversation besides uh, some Texans conversation as well on your site, right? That is correct. A lot of guys are coming back online. And uh, what uh, McCullers is starting tomorrow – uh, Carlos Correa uh, is going to be back. Uh, Evan Gaddis was supposed to catch today. He was there were a lot of guys in Corpus Christi, but because you know uh, Corpus Christi is kind of right in the bullseye of the hurricane, yeah, they canceled the uh, the game. So um, who knows when they're going to get their rehab starts, or are they going to fly them into Fresno? Uh, no word on what they're going to do uh, with them. But Evan Gaddis was supposed to get his uh, rehab over there uh, as well. So. We got to keep an eye on it, but it's good to know that our guys are coming back. And for Pete's sake, can we make a trade? The 31st is right around the corner. Can we do it? (laughs) I don't see it happening, but maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, (laughs) but I do like Tyler Clipper, though. I really do. That was a great pickup because he has been terrific. If he can keep it up, he's kind of been up and down the last couple of years. Let's see if he can keep this whole thing up Uh, at House of Houston at HST podcast for the two of us, as well as, of course, at Locked On Texans. I don't need to tell you guys that. If you're a new listener, pass the word along to a friend or two. Let them know they can find us on iTunes and all your regular podcast apps. It might be something you want, might want to listen to on your phone if you've, uh, you know, still got some ways to charge your phone in the next few days, but we're going to have plenty of Texan stuff. Uh, in the post-game show, as, as we said the plan was, um, listen to Lockdown Rockets with Ben DuBose. He's not, not giving you stuff quite as much in the offseason uh, at this moment. Uh, Ben's taking a, a little bit more of a, a every few days at right now, uh, but he, he's going to start humping it up again as they, we get closer to the regular season because, believe it or not, it feels like it's, it's, it's just ended with all the trade stuff, but it's, it's right around the corner. Uh, Don't forget, you can also email us at LockedOnTexans at Mail.com if there's something you want us to mention on our show or send a message through our Facebook or Twitter page. Well, last word, I just want to say to everybody, please stay safe. We hope it is a uh, little bit less than what everybody is saying with this storm, and uh, hopefully uh, we'll come out of it on the other side and talk to you again soon. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yeah.